morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad to have you with me today. Hope you've had a good week and you're ready to rock and roll on this Sunday morning and get into some things that we've kind of set on the shelf as we went through, I guess it was nine weeks of just going back, laying some foundation. We talked about grace, what that is. We talked about some pillars that we build on that foundation of grace. And I appreciate you uh, giving me some grace and letting me go back and review for some of the new people here at the Digital Cathedral. And I also found that it was extremely beneficial for a lot of you old timers because every time you go over some, some of these foundations, you can't hit the totality of revelation in one, in one helping or two. And as we go back over it, I think it's very advantageous. It helped me. I saw a lot of things in teaching it even that I had not seen before. So I think it was good, it was advantageous. But what it did, it kind of set on the back burner some of the uh, deeper divings that we were going into on manifestation of the sons of God. We haven't done one, a teaching on the Gospel of John, which we started in January, kind of rotating with the restoration of all things. Four, the, about four things I really wanted to get into this year. So we're gonna continue that march this morning. So since we're done putting foundation down, you're all on board with the fact that grace is our foundation, that unconditional love that God has extended to all of us, whereby he embraces us and brings us into his very life. You understand the character of God. Um, you understand that his, his uh, perception, the way perception we have of him is as a father, his character is unconditional love. There's the pillar of inclusion, of course, then the pillar of identity. So I want to build on that just a little bit this morning, and I want to talk to you about who you really are. So we may get into some things this morning that's going to stretch you. It's may, it's may going to cause you to think about some things that maybe you've never thought about before, but that's good. That's where I want to go with the Digital Cathedral. Let me start this morning by saying this. The Father has totally wired your spirit for success in every area of life. He's programmed you for success in everything you put your hand to. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make junk. He doesn't make something that's secondhand with flaws. When he created you, he created you perfect in spirit, so much so that he took of himself and imparted it to you. You know that verse in Genesis 2, 7, where it says he, he breathed into man the breath of life, his very essence, his very being, the substance, the totality of all that he is, he put into us. The problem is your spirit's been programmed for success. The problem is your soul has been programmed by a system that fails. Just living in this world and, and coming through, you know, school and our education and our culture and the people that we've associated with, the spirit since we were born and came into this climate, into this culture, whether you live in England, South Africa, America, Australia, it's pretty much worked the same way. We've been, we have been programmed for failure. He, he created us and wired us for success. But here, here's, here's what's programmed us. I don't care where you live on the planet, it's universal. We've been programmed by our five physical senses. Our five physical senses, what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we smell, what we touch, those, sense, those senses feed data to your brain. What you see and what you hear. You see things, you hear things, it, it feeds data to your brain. And here's what you do. You make a decision based on the wrong tree. You make a decision based on your knowledge of good and evil, of what's going to work for you, what's best for you, what might not be best for you. And, and it's a hit and miss thing. So it's programmed us. What, what you see is not reality. What you hear oftentimes is not the truth. So you make decisions based on faulty data. It all comes from without. All the, the five senses pick up on data from outside of us, feeds it to our brain, and then we make a decision. So the path out of that, that failure of soulish decision-making and into spirit success comes with an unveiling of your authentic self. Let me say that again. The path out of this soulish failure that we've lived in, programmed by our senses, and all of us have been there, and all of a sudden, he's changing the ball game and he's saying, look, I want to bring you out of that and I'm going, to, I'm going to begin to teach you how to live how I've wired you, which is for success. 
Let me read a couple verses of scripture this morning. I'm going to show you how he wired you for success. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. This is how he wired you. It says, By which he has given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these exceeding great and precious promises you might be a partaker. Listen, you might be a partaker of the divine nature. That, that's your authentic self. That's the real you. You are an absolute partaker of the divine nature. Now, this may shock you, but if you have a divine nature, then that brings you into a dimension of deity. You're walking as Jesus walked. You have, you have connection with the Father. The Spirit of truth abides in you. By exceeding great and precious promises, by the things that he speaks to you, the things that he imparts to you, bring you into being a partaker, a sharer, uh, one, that, one that has equal proportion of divine nature. That's what the Father has done. Now, this divine nature has an atmosphere in which it lives its best. It lives, it lives its fullness. It's a dimension that we need to, to understand we need to we need to focus on. For example, if, if you're going to play football, you don't go to a baseball diamond to play football. It's contrary. It's not set up for it. If you're going to play baseball, you don't go to a basketball court. It's not conducive. The world in which we live in that's fed by our five physical senses is not conducive for your divine nature to express itself. There is a place, however, that you can function in to the perfection that God created you to function in and, and grab the success and grab the life that God has intended for you to live since before time. And it's called the kingdom. The kingdom, if you're a baseball player, the kingdom is your baseball diamond. If you're a football player, then the gridiron is, is the kingdom to you. If you're a swimmer, the pool is your kingdom. See, it's a place where you function the best and you can take uh, what, what has been given to you as a baseball player and express it the best on a baseball diamond, not a, not a football field or a swimming pool. It just doesn't work well. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to live by our physical senses in the kingdom of God, and it hasn't worked well. So we, we have programmed ourselves to fail. We've looked at things, we've heard things, and then we've made decisions, and then we, we hope and pray that somehow this is going to work out and God help us to make it work out. We pray that way. God help, help me with my decisions. Help me with the choices I've made. And all the choices and decisions we've made have come to us based on our five physical senses and the information that it has fed to our minds. So there's a dimension. Jesus said this. Now, this is important. This is important. I know you've probably heard these scriptures before, but all week long I've said, Father, help me to, help me to put this into a new perspective and a new dimension for people uh, at the Digital Cathedral Sunday morning. Because I want them to see, first of all, that they're a partaker of the divine nature. That's, that's your reality. That's who you are. Partaker of the divine nature. He's given you promises. Not, not necessarily... In, in your book, although there's a lot of good promises in there that reveal who we are, but he speaks directly and straight to you, and I'm a big believer in opening up to that, and I want to talk more about that this morning, how we tap that. But here's what Jesus said. Here's, here's your football field. Here's your baseball diamond. If you're a baseball player, here's your diamond. Football player, here's your gridiron. If you're a swimmer, here's your pool. Are you ready? He said in Luke chapter 17 and verse 20, and when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. So immediately he establishes the fact that the kingdom where you function and with this divine nature that you have is not something you see. It's not perceived by your senses. Immediate now, he's bringing it out of that dimension. He's, he wants you to begin to think in another realm. wants you to begin to think with another level of consciousness. So he says to the Jews, and this put them on tilt. They, they couldn't understand it because all they understood was what they could hear, what they could see, what they could touch with their physical senses. So he says in verse 21, nor, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed the kingdom, watch, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is within you. The baseball diamond is within you. You understand what I'm saying? The tennis court is, in, is within you. It doesn't come with observation. It, you're not going to say, look over there, there's the kingdom. There's the kingdom over there. Ha, Jesus said the kingdom is within you. So this divine nature that we function out of that's been wired for success is going to have to learn to function in the kingdom that is within us. That's your dimension. 
That's your habitation. This means this, or here's, here's what I'm getting at in this introduction. I'm just, I'm just introducing this to you. What I'm saying is your divinity means that you're going to undergo this major paradigm shift in your life, that you're going to, that you're going to undergo this, this dramatic change. And the change is this, you're going to have to learn to embrace the mystery of the invisible. So what Jesus was getting at said, the kingdom is within you. You don't observe it. You can't say it's over here, or over there. It's within you. You can't see it. It's, you can't see what's within you. So since the garden and the self-imposed sense of separation that Adam placed himself into by, by, by now living by what he was, was brought to him from the outside, the, the, the apple looked good. It sounded good. He wanted to become like God. And the truth was he already was like God. He was trying to become something that he already was. And that's where the church has been for 2,000 years. We've tried to teach people to become something by outward means trying to teach them to become what they already are, but they didn't know it. Because the pastor didn't know it, the teacher didn't know it, the apostle, the prophet didn't know it. But we're starting to get a glimpse of it today, that the kingdom is within us, and how we live in that kingdom dimension, how we live in that, is by the divine nature that we have. Now, there are some connectors that I want to I hit on this morning that are gonna, that's going to help you to move into this dimension of living in the kingdom. But I want you to understand how, how man began to be programmed for failure. It started in the garden. And it has continued down through generations that we've been entrapped by our senses. We've been entrapped by what we see and hear, basically. What we smell and, and taste aren't, aren't as, aren't as uh, strong or what we, we, we feel with our, our fingers is not as strong. But, but, the, but the eyes and the ears. Jesus made a lot of references to seeing and hearing. Take heed what you hear, guard what you see, right? Because it's going to feed information to you. And if you're, if you're tapped into the wrong thing, it's going to make it extremely difficult for you to express the, the divinity that you are to walk in. So Jesus was talking in Luke 17 to the Pharisees. And he's telling these Pharisees who were pushing in verse 20, what the Pharisees wanted is they wanted a visible kingdom. They were looking for God. They felt the Jews were favored people. They were looking for God to set up an external kingdom whereby they could wreak havoc on the Romans that had put them under persecution, severe persecution. And they wanted to even the score. They wanted revenge. So they were wanting to know, when is God going to set up this visible kingdom? Sounds like many of my Christian friends today, they still are looking for this external kingdom. They're looking for Jesus to come back. And, and, and destroy all of the enemies. They're looking for Jesus to come back uh, on a white horse with a tattoo on his hip and, and to be a lion and to, and, and to move out of that lamb facade and to just take care of all of the enemies. After, of course, we're raptured out of here because we don't want to be around for the rough stuff. So we're still looking for that external kingdom. And Jesus said, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Where you're looking, where you're looking for the kingdom, you're never going to find it because it doesn't come with observation. It doesn't come by sensory perception. The kingdom is within you. It's closer than that. The kingdom is closer than what you perceive. The kingdom is closer than what you see. It is within you already. Now, I want you to make a note here. He was talking to the Pharisees. He wasn't talking to Bible-toting, tongue-talking, uh, uh, Bible-thumping, evangelicals that had prayed the magic prayer. He wasn't talking to believers. He wasn't talking to Christians. He was talking to the religious, to the self-righteous Pharisees, and even them. He said, the kingdom is within you. Do you know why I said that? Because the kingdom is in with all of us. It's on the inside of every man and woman that's on the planet today. The kingdom is within there. We haven't been taught how to function in it. We've been taught how to, how to fine-tune our senses. And the best that church has been able to do is to say, look, let me give you three external steps to victory. Let me give you five ways how you can enhance your prayer life. And it's all external stimuli and it hasn't worked and it's been frustrating. People don't understand why they haven't been able to get what they've prayed and what they've begged God for and what they've pounded on the doors of heaven. They've been seeking and they've been trying to make it happen. And it, has, it hasn't happened because the kingdom is within you and we haven't learned how to, how to tap that kingdom yet. We haven't seen it yet. Many haven't seen it because it was invisible. 
And nobody's taught us how to function in an invisible realm. I'm teaching you at the Digital Cathedral how we function in that dimension, how we, how we function in that level of consciousness. The kingdom is within. Now remember that. The kingdom is within. You have a, a, a divine nature, and that divine nature operates best on hitting on all eight cylinders when it's in the kingdom. Now watch what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And let me read just verses 10 to 13. Matthew chapter 13. And let me read, let's pick it up here in verse 10. Got to come back one more page. All right. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 13, in verse 10, um, says, and I'm in Mark. There's Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13, back one page. And verse 10, all right, we're going we're gonna to start to get a little bit insight into this, this kingdom and how it operates. It says in verse 10, the disciples came to Jesus and said, why do you speak to those Pharisees? Why do you speak to the multitudes in parables? A parable is simply a story from the natural that carries a spiritual implication. It's a, it's a good way to begin to, to help us to see what we don't see, to hear what we don't hear, when our senses aren't feeding to us. Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I'm walking, talking with you. I'm spending three and a half years with you. I'm going to teach you how to see this invisible dimension. It's been given to you, disciples, to understand the mysteries of, of the kingdom. But to them it has not been given. Whoever has to him will be given. This is an amazing thing about Revelation. When you start to, when you grab onto what I'm teaching you, then you begin to see more and more. And the more that you see, the more you understand. Revel it's an amazing thing to me about Revelation. When you begin to pick up on Revelation, you see more Revelation. And this thing just builds exponentially until you're, you're totally walking in the kingdom. You're totally being led by the Spirit. You're totally uh, engrossed in this invisible dimension that you never even knew existed before. And so when you talk, you hear somebody talking about uh, pushing in in prayer or pulling down strong, it's all external stuff. You know that it doesn't work. You've experienced it. You've, you've hacked on that one for years and years. Prayed and fasted, read your Bible, tithed, done all the things that you could do, trying to invoke the blessing of God with an outward happening. And he says, look guys, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. For whosoever has to him will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. If you don't exercise what you have, you lose it, you use it or lose it. So if you, don't, if you, if you begin to see the kingdom and functioning in the kingdom, and you don't go ahead and enter into that, it's, it's just going to escape from you. You're not going to call it back. You're going to keep functioning the way you always function. So he says in verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in perils, be, parables because seeing they don't see. They're still seeing with physical eyes. He's talking about seeing with spiritual eyes. And hearing they do not understand because it's spiritually understood. It's spiritually perceived. Jesus is trying to let the disciples know, guys, I'm, I'm nurturing. I'm bringing you into another dimension, into another place. And the living that he's talking about, kingdom living, should even in this this century that we live in should, should be just as, as prosperous. It should be more prosperous. So let me just put it on a level. It should be as prosperous and as healthy and pr produce for you the success that a materialistic world would. Now here's the difference. Here's the difference. In kingdom life, stuff is not the goal. Prosperity is not the goal. Accumulating more is not the goal. Will you accumulate? Yes, you will. Will you live prosperously? Yes, you will. You learn to live in this kingdom. This is an unlimited source. And what you have been accustomed to is scratching for a, listen, for a limited supply. Your paycheck is a limited supply. You got to go to work next week to get another paycheck. There's no limit to the kingdom. So when you function in the kingdom, Kingdom life, those things are not the goal. They're the add-ons. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? He said, seek first the kingdom. Get this kingdom thing going. 
Get it spinning and ginning on the inside of you. Get to where you can see it, perceive it, understand it, walk in it, live in it. And I'm going to help you do that in just a minute. He said, make that your priority. Seek it first. Get fixed on it. Get focused on it. And he said, all the other things will be added to you. So the things that, that the materialistic world society is striving for and working for, not only are they they're finite, they're, they're limited, but they got to get them by the sweat of their brow. Jesus said, if you get focused on the kingdom, these things will start to flow to you. You'll learn how to attract them, to bring them to you. In the kingdom, things come to us one of two ways. Either, we're, either we are led to where they are or they are attracted to us. He'll either come to you or he will lead you to whatever it is that you need. They're not acquired from the outside. The outside limited supply is what the world strives for. The external is limited. Let me say it like that. The external is limited. Whatever you see is limited. Whatever you hear is limited. Whatever you perceive on the outside is limited. The internal kingdom that you function in and that, he, and, and that he's bringing to light so strongly today is unlimited. That's the difference between the material and spiritual supply. One is limited, one is, is unlimited. Um, the things in the world come from a supply. In the kingdom, we tap source. It's much better to have source. It's much better to have the bank, the source, then there's just your individual checking account, which is finite depending on how much you've deposited into it. Are you understanding? So he's trying to bring us into an unlimited dimension. John chapter 4. Let's, let's keep looking a little bit of scripture this morning. John chapter 4, Jesus hits on something here that's really good. He's with a woman at the well. And in John chapter 4 and um, verse 13, John chapter 4 and verse 13, he says this. Whoever drinks of the water from this well will thirst again. Then he says in verse, in verse 14, see it's limited. It's finite. Whoever drinks the water from this well, there's, there's going to be an end to it. You're going to have to draw down and get another drink. Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is drawing this out very simply. He's saying, lady, do you want to thirst again? The way you're, the way you're living your life, you've got to get that pot and come over here every day and draw water. He, he's, 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 he's telling you something from the natural, then he brings it into the spiritual. He said, but the water that I'm going to give you is unlimited. You'll never thirst again. Why? Because you're attached to the source. It'll be a well of water springing up. And it's so important. Jesus said, within him, the kingdom functions, the water... Uh, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The secret of the kingdom, the secret to spiritual life, is being able to pull that water out. Proverbs says this, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5 says, Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. Inside, it's deep water. But a man of understanding knows how to go in there and how to draw it out. So if the springs of living water are within us, if out of our belly shall flow waters, how, how do we tap it? How do we tap it? You have a divine nature that is, that is programmed, spirit that is programmed, uh, wired for success, but you're battling the soul over there that, that has been programmed all of your life to function out of your five physical senses in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So how do we get to this tree of life? How do we pull this water out from within us? How do we tap the kingdom that is within? Are you ready? Listen, the secret of the kingdom, the secret of spiritual life is meditation. Now don't turn me off with that word. People in the church have frowned on meditation because they haven't understood it. So if you think it's a little too Eastern for your, for your liking, let me put it to you this way. It's contemplating. It's chewing on your cud. It's crockpotting. I like the term crockpot because meditating is a slow cook. You're not in a hurry. You're just letting it go cook. When you, when you begin to go within, when you begin to meditate, when you begin to crockpot, when you begin to contemplate, 
You're going within you. And this is where you need to go for the answers. This is where, this is, this is the connector. When you just shut it down and you begin to contemplate. You begin to roll it over and over and over and over. Right? And you begin to listen to the voice that is within you. We make conscious contact. We make ourselves still down. Most of us are in such a panic and such a rust that it may take you, when you first start learning to do this, it may take you 15, 20 minutes just to shut the outside voices down because they yell and holler and squall and want your attention. They want your attention. Living the spirit kingdom inner life is with it. This is, this is where the living water is, man. This is, where the, this is where the kingdom is. This is where the answers are. This is, this is where the mysteries are solved. This is where the Father speaks to you. This is the dimension we have to learn to live in. It's where Adam and Eve lived in. Let me give you three quick illustrations. Adam and Eve lived in a, in a, in a spirit dimension, free from problems when they were in the garden. They were, they were tapped into the tree of life. God never said you, you had a limit on what you could eat from the tree of life. He just said, don't get over in this tree of physical senses. Stay out of that dimension. It's going to mess you up. It's going to jack you up. You're going to make wrong choices. And they did. So they begin to now function in a world of, 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 of two sources. And when you function in a, in a place of two sources, it leaves you outside the garden. The garden is within you. The garden is within you. The garden provides everything you need and you get it from understanding there's only one source. There's only one power. You're not functioning. You're not functioning in two. You live from within by one power. I hope I'm breaking this down for you this morning because you got to get this. The downfall of man, the downfall of, of men that are still living today is the perceived separation they have from source. They, they have a God that is out here. They have a sky God. And they spend their life trying to get the sky God to come and visit them. Get the sky God to come bless them. And so they do all kinds of things based on, on senses, you know, to try to, to try to generate this relationship with a God that is apart from them. The change that took place with Adam and Eve was a change within. They got tapped into a different source. You, you, you know the story of, of the prodigal son. The prodigal son disconnected from source. Prodigal son goes to his dad, says, Dad, I want my inheritance. That was, a, that was a limited supply. Dad says, you got it, son, here you go. So the boy took it, it was limited. He disconnected from source and began to live from supply. That's what we've done today. We've disconnected from the source, from the kingdom that is within us. And now we're living paycheck to paycheck. We're living by our wits. We're living by what we can generate. We're living by the sweat of our brow. That's not what we were designed to do. So the boy in the pig pen finally runs out of finite supply. How many people do you know that have run out of finite supply in life and they are broke, man. They don't know what to do. And so what do they do? They talk to the sky God to come give them a blessing. They do something external. They try to give money away because they've, the pastor said, given it shall be given unto. That's true, it will. But the giving that comes to you is internal and you learn how to express it. So we, 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 we've majored on this outside dimension, trying to live there. So the boy finally comes to himself and he gets off finite supply and he goes back and connects to source. He gets back to his father that has unlimited resources. The boy can live there all of his life and the dad is, is, is willing to give him back. He gave him back the finite supply. The boy blew it. But that, that, didn't, that didn't eliminate the father's unlimited source. So the boy was still able to tap into it. Then Jesus tells us the story in John chapter 15, the first six verses of the vine and the branch. As long as the branch stays connected to the vine, it has unlimited source. No telling how many apples an apple tree can, can grow out of one seed. Out of one seed, you can grow an orchard because it's tapped into source. You put that seed in the ground, it connects to the source. It can, it can grow tree after tree after tree. But you saw that branch off and it's by itself. Well, the branch will live for a few days. It might live for a couple of weeks, but the leaves start to turn brown. Why? Because it, is, it has exhausted 
its supply of life, the, the, the sap that's in it, it's exhausted the, the, the supply of life that was in it, it was limited. But if you can graft that branch back in, it can pick back up again and it can become productive. So in these illustrations, these, these simple illustrations, we could go there and spend an entire teaching on all of these, on Adam, how he disconnected from source and became uh, uh, connected to limited supply. The prodigal son, the, the vine and the branch, they all had one thing in common. The branch without the vine is dead. The boy without the father was limited. Adam and Eve without walking in the cool of the evening with the father and separating in their minds from him became very limited in what they could produce. We aren't wired like that. Even the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit stay connected for maximum, for maximum production. Jesus always points to the Father. I can't do anything in myself. I only do what the Father does. I only say what he says. He stays connected to source. Holy Spirit never speaks of himself. He always points to Jesus. That's the source. Holy Spirit will reveal to you everything that Jesus said. That's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. See, that's his source. The Father doesn't run on limited supply. Jesus doesn't run on limited supply. And the Holy Spirit is not running on limited supply. They're, they're, they're connected in one to another. Now, on the other hand, if, if, if the branch had stayed connected to the vine, if the son had maintained relationship with the father, if Adam and Eve had remained in the garden, their, their finiteness would never have, have appeared. They would have stayed connected to the source. So we, we draw on an infinite storehouse of source, and that looks like, that looks like abundance. That looks like immortality. It looks like completeness. It looks like com com perfection. It looks like connection. It looks like union. It looks like oneness. See, all those things are infinite. And it comes through tapping within, through shutting yourself down and just beginning to think and meditate on what you're hearing within. It doesn't mean you zone out. It doesn't mean you take a trip and never leave your house by meditating. It means that you sh you're quiet. You're listening to what is going on within. You're staying, you're staying your mind on what's inside. You're, you're not moved by what you're seeing. You're not moved by what you're hearing or what you're feeling. You're not moved by Fox News or CNN be because you're attached to an inexhaustible source. And that's what enables us to contact all that the Father has. John 16, 15. All that the Father has belongs to us. So in the natural world, here's what I'm trying to say to you. In the natural world, you seek the supply. You seek a better paycheck. You seek a better position. You seek to advance yourself, only to find that it's finite. You got to have another check next week, end of the month. You got to have another check because that one runs out. In the kingdom, you seek the source. The source of all things lies within you. And it's tapped into as we learn to connect through stillness, through quietness, through just chewing it over. Listen to what the Father says. What does he have to say to you? For, for, for example, let's say you want to buy a new car. Here's what you normally do. You want to buy a new car? Then you, your senses, what do I like? What looks good to me? What sounds good to me? Is that a price I can afford? Do I have the down payment? Can I afford the payments or can I just pay cash? So you think about all these things, right? Now you buy that, you, you, you find a car. Oh, this looks good, man. I like that car. That's a beautiful car. I'm a car guy. Love cars. Always have. So you see that car, you know, and you buy it because you go to the, the dealership and the salesman, he's going to make it easy for you to buy that car. He's going to make it appeal to your senses. You can, you can make the payments. If we can get you handled on this, if we can get you financed, would you be interested in this car? You look at him, well, I would be. I hope I can get to financing. And you're, you're on pins and needles. Now, see, if you had just shut it down and gone inside, say, hey, Father, is this the time for me to buy a car? What kind of car do I need? What, what do you say about this? Where can you direct me to where I can get the best deal? Put... Where, where can I go that the, the salesman, the one that I need to have is going to come and greet me and show me 
the car that I, I am to purchase. You see the difference? Now what happens is this, that I've spent hours talking to people across the desk when I still was pastoring in a church. They would make a decision on their own, buy a house, buy a car, do something. They would come in, sit down and say, I just don't understand why God's not blessing me. You know, I can't, I, I'm poor, I'm broke, I can't make my car payment, my mortgage payment. You know why? Because God never told them to buy that car. God never told them to buy that house. If they would have gone within and tapped the source rather than the supply that was, that was finite, that was going to run out, the father knew the job they had they were going to get laid off from, or they weren't going to get the advancement they were counting on to make the payments. And so now that they're in a mess, they expect God to bail them out when God never told them to do it. If you learn to draw within, you're not going to get yourself in those situations. You're not going to get yourself in those kind of messes again. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, Matthew chapter 6, this is very, very practical stuff, y'all, all y'all, as we say in Texas. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where it's rust and moth and thieves. If that's a limited time, limited supply. He said, learn to lay up yourselves treasures in heaven within. Learn how, learn how to get it from within here. He said, because they can't take it from you. Moth or rust doesn't destroy it. Thieves can't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. If your treasure is within here, then your heart is going to go there and it's going to begin to tap on that. Here's what I'm saying. Don't think earth supply. Let's get that out of our heads. As manifesting sons and daughters, as, as those that are taking the kingdom forward in this day. Let's get out of this earth supply thing. Let's start thinking kingdom resource, unlimited supply. Let's, not, let's don't think finite resource. Let's think kingdom unlimited supply. See, a, a, a materialistic life where you're chasing after this finite supply, you're not, you're not being connected to source, makes you like the branch that's cut off makes you like the prodigal that's over here in, in the pig pen. Too many of us are living in the pig pen. We're not, we're not enjoying what we have because we're not tapping the kingdom. Not tapping, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to, to do a little series on meditation because I think there's a lot we can learn to draw from within us if we would spend the time learning how to draw. See, seek first the kingdom, the thing that is within. And, and when we don't, when we disconnect, it makes us like Adam and Eve outside of the garden. And the result is we are cut off from source. You can't live by five physical senses. You can't live by what you see and what you hear and what you perceive with your, your feeling. You can't live by that and, and expect to be able to tap into the kingdom. It, they're just contrary systems contrary systems and we've lived under one system way too long and you shouldn't you you don't deserve that because you are deity you're divinity you have a divine nature but we've been playing basketball on a football field we've been we've been trying to to swim you know we've been trying to swim where they play beach volleyball there's no, no water it's not working well the truth is that it's not possible i hope this sinks deep Truth is, it's not possible to pray to God and receive benefits from God when he's way out there. It's been frustrating. Prayer life and answers to prayer have been frustrating for most people because they're trying to reach God with an external means. They're trying to reach an external God with external means, with external actions. And the truth is, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. John chapter 5, verse 30. I'm going to keep pelting you with scripture this morning until we, we until this just breaks out in us. And this is one of those teachings you should come back and listen to several times. Now that we're out of the foundations, you should come back and listen to these teachings because they're going to be full of revelation every Sunday. Jesus said this, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I don't seek my own. I seek the will of the one that sent me. How did he know? How did Jesus know the will of the one that sent him? He went within. He went off by himself. How many times do you read in the gospel where Jesus went off by himself? Compare that with how many times you go off by yourself. You don't go off by yourself. I'll tell you what you do. You toss and turn all night worrying. 
You toss on, turn all night, should I or shouldn't I? Is it right or is it wrong? You could cut all that stress out. You could cut all that, that garbage out of your life if you learn to go within. The answer to your business, the answer to your marriage, raising your children, the answer to whatever it is, the question you have, the full resource is within you. The truth is we've never been told that. The truth is we've never been, the truth is we've tried to contact the Father in an external way and we become frustrated because we don't get an answer. You can never, you can never uh, contact a presence that is within you with an external means. I mean, come on. You say the Father and I are one. How are you one? In that day, you'll know that you're in, in the Father. The Father's in you. Jesus is in you. You're in Jesus. So all of us are in union together. Why are, why are we trying to rend the heavens for a God out there? Why are we trying to pray and ask God's presence to come visit us? Why, are we, why, why before church every Sunday do all the people gather down front and say, God, we just ask that you come and bless us with your presence today. You carry the presence. You are the temple. The presence of God lives within you. So that, that contact of the omnipresent Father is how we draw from the inexhaustible supply and substance that is within you. That's where the kingdom resides. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, internal, it's all internal. He's, when he says, if my words abide in you, he's not talking about the book necessarily. His, you may get a word from here, but it's not exclusive. The word that abides in you is the word that he speaks to you as you contemplate, as you crockpot, as you, as you um, contemplate, meditate, roll it over, think about it, stew about it, inwardly. Don't think with your mind. Be sensitive to what's going on internally. You can do that. If you'll shut down for 15 minutes and learn to shut down for 15 minutes a day, you'll get more revelation, more understanding. Most of the teachings that I get come that way. They come just because he drops a thought in, then I sit down and I contemplate it. I chew on it. I roll it over. Like a cow does a cut. You know, a cow eats, swallows, has three stomachs, so he brings it back up, chews it some more. Kind of gross, but you get the point. Chews it, swallows it again. It comes back up and he chews it again. That's what contemplating does. That's what meditating does. You chew it, you chew it, you chew it, until you get everything out of it that you can. I think you could take a verse like John 3.16 and, and meditate that and spend a lifetime and never get out of John 3.16, 17, 18, 19. You could take those verses and never get out of them. There's more life, there's more revelation in those verses than anybody's even tapped on. Because as you do that, he's going to begin to speak to you about things that are not even contained in those verses. If my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask anything you want. Do you know why you can ask anything you want? Because what you ask will be motivated. It will come out of inspiration of that which arises within you. It won't come out of your head. It won't come because of what you see or what you hear. It will arise. And what you ask will be in perfect agreement, perfect harmony of what he's already stamped and said belongs to you because you have divine nature. And you're living in a kingdom that is inexhaustible in its source. Jesus said, I have meat to eat you don't know about. He said, I have bread to eat that is life. I have water to drink that will eternally quench your thirst. Meat, bread, water. What do they all have in common? The common denominator is they all are ingested internally. And when they come in internally, they do their job. They provide nourishment. They quench the thirst. They bring the eternal life. They are all, all taken within. They are received internally. They are in internal function. See, you, you take things and you bring them within you. Jesus has continually taught that what he did was available to us. But it doesn't come by perception. It comes by inward thinking, inward contemplation. You know, Jesus said, you're always with me. You're always with me. And, and, and the things that the Father has given to me, I'm giving to you. They're within you. Paul said, you've been delivered from the power of darkness. That's the, that's the, that's the two-source kingdom. That's, that's the tree of duality. That's what functions on 
finite supply. He said, you've been delivered from the power of darkness and you've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's the kingdom of unlimited, of, of unlimited source. So he said, I've taken you out of one and put you another. Why are you still trying to function out of, a, out of a limited space when I have put within you the ability to function in what is unlimited? You don't have to attain this. You don't have to earn this. You don't have to strive for it. He sovereignly imparted it. He has sovereignly put it within all of us. And now it's just a matter of us learning how to function out of it. And I hope that I'm bringing some light, some revelation that you've never had in your life about functioning out of a, out of a, out of a source that has no end. So here's what we do. We learn to accept our divinity. That's the starting point. Until you're, until you're willing to accept that you are a partaker of the divine nature, until you really believe that what we read is true in 2 in Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, until you believe that's true, you're not going to tap in. If we're to tap into our life from the storehouse of the infinite Father, if we're going to get the abundance, the wholeness, the safety, the security, the prosperity, we seek first the kingdom. And the way that you seek it is you go within. You go within. Within our being, and then you tap the kingdom. You listen. He'll reveal. He'll show you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. I, I know this is totally foreign to many of us. Some of you here at the Digital Cathedral, you, you, you've, you've got some glimpses of this. And what I'm seeking is that we learn how to embody this fully. This is where, I, this is where I'm learning. This is where I, this is where I live. See, we, we, don't, we didn't feel the reality of the words of Jesus when he said, all I have is yours. Everything that the Father has given to me, he's placed all things in my hands. Therefore, I say to you that the Spirit will take of what is mine, the Spirit within, will take of what is mine and he will give it to you. Do you know why we haven't tapped into this? Listen, the reason we haven't really tapped into this is because we have thought we are mere humans. If you get nothing else out of the teaching this morning, I want you to get the fact that you are not just a mere human. You're a new creation. A new creation is a being that is now on the planet that never existed before the cross. We have received resurrection life. The spirit that raised Jesus, man, from the dead dwells where? In you. So if it's in you, it needs to be released to come out of you. We didn't believe we were heirs. Didn't believe we were joint heirs. We didn't think that we walked in co-fellowship with the firstborn among many brothers. We, we really didn't think we had a divine nature. We, we, we read the promises. The promises were so good. God would promise us things. But by those, we'd never realized that we had a divine nature. Even Peter, we read it from Peter. Peter the denier got the memo. Of all the guys, the denier got the memo who you really are, filled with the divine nature. Partaker, the word's theosis. It means a share in equal parts. So it is, my friends, as we learn to go within, as we learn to crockpot, you see something in the spirit, you crockpot it. He's talking to you, he's saying something to you. We take a little bit of time every day. We just are quiet. I, I like to get up. I, I generally go to the gym first thing in the morning. I get up I get up at 6. I have a cup of coffee. And I spend those first minutes, 15, 20 minutes before I go to the gym. I just spend them in the dark of my house quiet. Nobody's up. Nobody's around. No noise. I'm just thinking. I'm just going within. I'm saying, Father, here's what I need to do today. I need to talk to the people at the Digital Cathedral. What, how, how is it, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to break this down? Father, let you and I do this together. Father, this is something we can do co-effort-wise. Let's come, come with me. Make me know that you're right there. And he does. He's so faithful to do that. If whatever I have to do that day, I say, hey, let's, what, what do you have to say about this, Father? Should I do this today? You got another plan for me? I need, I'd like to go here. I need to go there. What do you think? I, I believe I avoid car accidents by that sensitivity. I believe I avoid speeding tickets because I, come on, let's be honest. When it's 35, you go 45. I think he helps us get around some of those things. So you were wired for success. No question about it. You cannot read the scripture. You cannot read the Bible. I don't care what version you read without seeing 
the promises and what he has given to us. The problem is we've been programmed to scratch for supply. So now as manifesting sons and daughters, we're coming out of the scratching and we're beginning to come in into the unlimited source. See, we've heard, we've heard things about this, but nobody's helped us get into there. And I'm helping you get into that. You've heard, you've heard all about the kingdom at church, but the pastor never told you how to function in the kingdom. Never told you how to draw out from within yourself. So the very first lesson of learning how to walk out your divinity is learning to go within where the kingdom is, where the source is, where all power is, where all authority is, where all the answers are, and draw it out. Remember what it said in Proverbs? Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding, spiritual understanding, spiritual insight, spiritual perception, knows how to draw it out. You draw it out. The, the meditation is a connector between the visible and the invisible, like your imagination, your thoughts. Those are all connectors that help us to bring out of us what's in it. So we've got to know that we are not subject to two powers. We're not running good and evil trying to discern the two. There's only one power that leads us into the fullness of all that he has for us. All fullness comes from one kingdom, comes from one power, from one truth, and it all resides within you. All right, I think that's a load for this morning. I've gone 51 minutes. I think that's long enough. So God bless you. We'll talk more about this Wednesday night at the secret place. Let me just also say thank you for your support. Uh, it's been a while since I've said that. Thank you for, for putting skin in the game. Whenever I see a, a contribution come across PayPal, I go, that person feels like they got some skin in the game. They're walking in there and they're traveling with me in this message. So thank you for that. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. When you subscribe, it will give you notification whenever we come on the Digital Cathedral. Make sure you like it. That helps the logarithms. Leave a comment that encourages people to look at this that maybe haven't normally looked at it. And make sure you share it. If you want to share it on your homepage, you're more than welcome to. Share it in a group that you're in, you're more than welcome to. I don't promote myself on other groups. I don't like to do that. But if you have a group or you'd like to, that's strictly up to you. But thank you for your support, your love, your prayers. We're in this thing together, brother, and we're moving forward uh, this entire year, and it's going to be good. It's going to get gooder and gooder as we progress through it. God bless you. See you next time, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., Digital Cathedral. Until then, God bless. <music>